So, what's up? I'm going to name this the Super Normie Podcast, and this is episode number one. I don't got no gimmicks now. This is just episode one, so I'm just testing it out. But I got a couple of subjects I want to talk about. First of all, it's 2020 in a long shell. Second of all, is my weight loss journey. And third of all, I'm going to talk about anime, or at least the animes that I've been thinking about as of recently. Now, in 2020, we've been dealing with a lot of stuff, all right? One of the things that we had to deal with was Kobe. Rest in peace. Him dying in that elevator crash. Uh, I said elevator, what the fuck? Him dying in that helicopter crash. When, when has elevator and helicopter sounded so alike? I don't understand that. But anyways, him dying in that helicopter crash really did tear a lot of people apart. A lot of people, including most of my fam and f- um, most of my friends, like they couldn't really deal with knowing that one of the greats when it came to basketball died and he was so young at that so it was just crazy for everybody but that wasn't it 2020 hit us with the fires you know i'm i'm the the you know all those wild animals that were losing their homes because of the fires that were going on and then you know 2020 hit us with that haymaker you know what i'm talking about covid19 by the way, the reason that COVID is called COVID-19 is because it's a virus that actually stemmed from 2019. It, it was discovered, this strain was discovered in 2019, but due to the fact that, you know, it wasn't handled in 2019, it came over and now it's 2020 and we had to deal with this. So that ended up making us have to deal with the quarantine. Now... I've never had to deal with anything like this in my life. And I mean, we had H1N1 and we had SARS, but we never had anything this terrible. So knowing that we had to stay home, oh, it sounded like it was a vacation. Nah, there ain't no vacation. Imagine not getting paid and just having to stick at home. You have to understand, the reason I call this the Normie Podcast is because I'm just a normal human being, all right? I'm not a celebrity that has money to burn so that I can actually stay home and just get anything I want. I'm just a normal guy that has a job and work it and get paid, make money so I can live for another day. Dude, I I, I work paycheck to paycheck to make a living. So there is no telling what the next day is going to be like if I don't have my job. So to understand that I had to take three months off, three months off due to this virus Shit was a struggle. Every single day we had to figure out if we were going to actually make it to the next. It was scary, my guy. It was scary. And you know, since I was staying home, eating junk food because uh, my refrigerator kept on like fucking up and nothing was going right, I gained a lot of weight. I'm not proud of the weight that I gained. Uh, I believe that before the COVID-19 pandemic, I was probably around 165 after I was about 178 pounds. Mind you, me and my wife were actually trying to work out during the pandemic, but due to the fact that we had a limited amount of area in which we could work out, I didn't really accomplish that much. I did manage to lose three pounds. So by the end of the pandemic, I was 178, and after me and my wife, you know, actually started working out from June to July, I lost three pounds, so I became 175 pounds. 
that leads us to the next subject, which is uh, my workout. My weight loss journey. Sorry. Um, my weight loss journey was actually something that I wanted to work on because of the fact that I became a little overweight when it came to after the pandemic. Um, as I stated before, in June, I was 178 pounds. And that was when I was actually realizing that I needed to try to get fit again. So in July, I actually started getting back into the gym because I had a little, um, I had a little time on my hands and I had to figure out how I was going to get back to the gym. I decided to go to the gym early mornings right before my shift. And so I was able to work out. And from there, I lost six pounds. So in August, I was 169 pounds. Um, I made a plan that I was going to run, do push-ups, do sit-ups, and jumping jacks. 100, 100, 100, 100, and run for 10 kilometers, which is 6.2 miles. I did that for an entire month, the month of August. And in the month of September, I was 160 pounds, which means I lost nine pounds. Now in September, I focused on the Stairmaster. So I did the Stairmaster the entire month, but instead I focused on floors. So for the first week, I went up 200 floors. For the second week, I went up 400 floors. For the third week, I went up 600 floors. And for the fourth week, I went up 800 floors. 800 floors is a lot, mind you. 800 floors is a lot. I'm saying that so wrong. Uh, Actually, excuse me, for the first week of September, I went up 100 floors. For the second week of September, I went up 200 floors. For the third week, I went up 300 floors. And for the fourth week, I went up 400 floors. And for the last day, I went up 500 floors. I realized that I kind of mixed September and October together. Uh, So... In that time, I I was able to go to a a doctor and I got my um, weight from when I got to my doctor's visit, I was 152 pounds. So from June, the sixth month to October, the 10th month, I had lost about 28 pounds, give or take, a little less. My math is not that good. Anyways, in November, which is the month that we're in now, I'm 151 pounds. I gained two pounds, but because of my workouts for the past few days, I've been able to manage and lose that weight. In October, my workouts were just sit-ups. I just focused on just working on my core. And so that's why I didn't lose that much weight from October to November. And now uh, my workouts are gonna be more based on cardio and weight training. As I said in the last part, I'm just a regular dude, but I do want to uh, actually, you know, accomplish something amazing when it comes to this weight loss journey. So I really hope that I'm able to reach my goal. My goal is to at least be at 140 to 135. I used to run track. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to accomplish going back to that weight so I can actually run faster. And so, yeah. And then, finally, I wanted to talk about the animes that I've been watching. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm big on media. I, I like all types of media. I read books, which is probably something that I'm going to talk about on the next episode. I um, like watching anime. I play video games. I watch shows all the time. Um, I do a lot of reading and stuff. I like comic books, all types of stuff. So, 
I'll be talking about random stuff. I've been messing around with programs from time to time. But anyways, let's talk about uh, the animes that I've been watching. One of my all-time favorite animes, I actually found it by mistake. I was scrolling through Twitter, I believe, and I saw this fight scene in the classroom between this small girl and this taller girl. And I was baffled because it looked so fucking realistic. It was visceral and it was just so... It was great. It was amazingly animated and it was just something I wanted to watch. And so I was like, what is this from? And I didn't know it was on Twitter. I, was, I didn't know where it was from. And then amazingly, like on Netflix, something popped up and it was this cute little anime. And I was like, yo, I need to watch this. So I watched the first episode and it was interesting. It was about this short girl and this tall dude and they both had crushes on their best friends. And I was like, yo, I need to watch the next episode. So I watched the next episode. And then I was like, I need to watch the next episode. And then I was hooked. This anime had me hooked. And the anime's name is Toradora. Um, it's about a short girl named Taiga Aisaka and this tall dude named Ryuji. I forgot his last name. But um, together, uh, they have crushes on their best friends, respectively. And due to that, they uh, basically make a pact that they're going to help each other get their best friends. But due to the terms of their relationship, they also realize that there might be something other than that that is that could happen between them. And basically, it's just craziness that ensues. Uh, the anime itself is um, done really well. The voice acting for the dub because I watched the dub and I watched the sub and I can say that I like the dub way more than the sub but I think the reason that I do is because I watched the dub, the dub first but it was done really well compared to what um, I've seen in my past I used to love Sailor Moon and that used to be like my top one like that used to be the number one romantic anime I've ever seen in my life but Toradora kind of surpassed it, which is crazy. That something that came out in 2008 be something that I used to watch in my childhood. But yeah, it's probably one of my favorite animes that I've watched since I was a kid, which is saying a lot. Uh, the second anime that I got to watch was actually one that um, I've been told to watch ever since I was in college and I just never got the chance to watch it. When I was a kid, um, even my wife, her best friend, and a couple of uh, my friends were telling me to watch the anime, and I never thought about watching it because I didn't know what it was about. The name of the anime was Fruits Basket, and it just made no sense to watch an anime about fruits. I was wrong because the anime is named Fruits Basket because of a game that was played by kids in grade school where they, they would name fruits and they would, they would basically call the kids, you know, certain fruits. And then the main character, the protagonist of the story would be called a bowl of rice or something because they would pick on her because they didn't want her to play the game with them. But she was so happy to be even included in the game, which, ah, uh, the protagonist of that story is so amazing. Oh my God, I can't really think. All I'm thinking about is the cat spirit and the 
and the, the rat spirit because you know they actually did make it for me but it was more I, I feel it's one of the most emotionally gripping animes that you will ever watch and I watched the remake of the original um, a lot of people are saying that the original is the best but because of the animation of the remake I can't watch the original anymore the animation of the remake is so well done and I believe that they use the same voice actors um, I also watched the sub no I watched yeah I watched the sub version so um, I've been hearing that the dub is also done by original voice actors but the voice actor for Catherine from the video game Catherine is um, the voice actor for the main protagonist girl once again, I forgot her name, but um, I didn't watch that one. I watched the sub and all the voice actors are the same in the sub. So that was actually pretty awesome. Uh, the third anime that I wanted to talk about was Boruto. I started to watch that now, even though I was recommended this anime a couple of months ago, well, a couple of years ago, honestly. Um, backstory, me and my wife, uh, and all my friends, we grew up with Naruto. Naruto started when we were in high school. And honestly, if you think about it, from high school, from middle school to high school to um, college, and now into adulthood, we have grown up with Naruto. So it makes sense to watch Boruto, being that we grew up with him. Now, not saying that we're watching it. Honestly, if you think about it, we're watching it for the parents, but we're watching it in the scope that we're watching Naruto's son and you know Naruto's son's friends and Naruto's friends kids grow up and so that's what makes it invigorating for us to watch and then the new generation gets their own shinobi story which is also pretty awesome this happened with Dragon Ball 2 if you think about it Dragon Ball was uh, I believe an anime that was done in the 80s I'm hoping I'm saying that right Dragon Ball Z came out in the 90s and Dragon Ball GT came out when it failed horribly but Dragon Ball Super came out you know as recently as the 2010s so every single generation had their own Dragon Ball that they could watch same thing goes for the Naruto's if you think about it we had Naruto Naruto Shippuden and now we have Boruto along with the Naruto movies there actually is a great experience Boruto has done well voice acting has done um, well we're watching the dub version uh our main favorite characters are Boruto, Serata, and Mitsuki. Um, the only other person that we vibe with a lot is um, Shikai. I forgot his freaking name, but Shikamaru's son. <laughs> Shikai-dai. Yeah, my wife just told me. Uh, Shikai-dai. Um, so we, we vibe with him too. That, th those are probably the top tier characters as far as that. And then of course... Uh, you gotta talk about the originals, man. Naruto grew up so well, but he just looks weird. We expected him to look like his father, but instead he just, they just made him, they shortened his hair and made him look weird. <laughs> and yeah, so that's Boruto in a, a nutshell. Uh, the anime I'm watching currently, I'm actually watching uh, Psyche K. Psyche K is the anime that is on Netflix right now. I watched the first season of the original anime, and I'm watching the first season of the, I'm guessing, new seasons of the anime. 
the second and third season of the original anime is actually not dubbed and since i originally watched the dub i can only watch the dub i feel like i can only watch the dub but i think in order for the jokes to land more i need to watch the sub version of um season one i mean season two season three because when you watch season four which is season one of reawakening um there are certain jokes that just don't make sense and i'm guessing that's because season two and season three um explains those jokes and so uh, i think that's what i'm going to have to do uh psyche k is actually very fun funny and fun to watch because of how cynical and sarcastic the main character is the main character really does remind me of myself and i think that's the one thing that i like the most about him um he also <laughs> does really funny things, and he's very powerful. So that's another thing about uh, that anime that really grips me. And then the last anime that I wanted to talk to you about was Kuroko Basketball, or Kuroko No Basket. Uh, Kuroko Basketball is one of the greatest sports animes that I ever watched, and I'm probably going to say it's top 10 right now. Um, I've never seen something so gripping. A lot of people compare uh, Haikyuu to Kuroko Basketball, and I see why. The only issue is Haikyuu is more based in reality, where uh, Kuroko Basket is based in fiction or fantasy. Now, you can make the argument that uh, in the perspective of the players, they are seeing superpowers, but in the perspective of the crowd, they're not seeing superpowers. But then again, uh, some of the crowd, um, some of the audience does comment that you know the ball is disappearing or that uh they're seeing lightning that the, the the ball is bouncing incredibly loud so uh you would take it with a grain of salt kuroko basket is about a character that kuroko which is a character that was in a elite group of basketball player middle school basketball players team um called the Generation of Miracles. And when they went to high school, they all went to separate schools. And so um, it's basically the journey of Kuroko uh, taking the role of the wingman for uh, the uh, star of the anime, which is Taiga, um, and him being the superstar of their team and Kuroko being the, the, the wingman or the the, the side character that helps um, Taika become this superstar character. And they both have to go against Kuroko's old teammates, which are the Generation of Miracles. And it's actually really riveting, very action-packed. I would actually say that it's more of a shonen anime than a sports anime. It's a, it's a shonen anime that's disguised as a sports anime because it's really action-packed. It's like watching fights all the time. But yeah, um, with that being said, I just wanted to review 2020 with you. Wanted to go through my weight loss journey and the animes that I've been watching. I'm going to be updating you guys when it comes to the weight loss journey. I'm also going to be talking about more anime shows, video games that I'm playing, all types of stuff. I have a lot of content to talk about. But I want to thank y'all for listening, if anybody's listening. <laughs> uh, have a good one. Stay blessed and stay normal.
All right, so this is episode two of the Super Normie podcast. And I'm just going to freeball this one because I don't know exactly what emotions I am actually feeling. Like, I don't get it. Uh, the date for today is Saturday, November 7th. And we just got the news, the uplifting news that the presidency went the way of Joseph Biden, which is great news. Uh, I have a lot of feelings as far as the last four years, the presidency, the uh, the year of 2020, as I stated on uh, episode one, was a very packed one as far as things that happened. And just having a president like Donald Trump was not really uplifting for the black community as a whole. And I feel like with this new this new take in the presidency, we can actually see things change. Now, the one thing that we aren't going to expect, especially dealing with the past four years and the eight years before that, and the eight years before that, is that we don't expect changes to just come. Like, it, it don't work like that. The first four years that... um Joe Biden are going to be president are basically going to be uh, picking up the pieces that um, Donald Trump left behind. All the all the people that were broken and felt uh, like the government didn't care about them, they're going to have to deal with that. All the uh, ties in which um, Donald broke as far as uh, the relations between nations and us, uh, Joe is going to have to deal with that. And all the uh, trust in the government that we have lost due to uh, the horrible things that have happened to people of color and people that are different. Uh, Joe Biden is going to have to deal with that. But through the grind, we should become a better people. The only thing that really irks me is the fact that there are still people that are in like believing of these terrible things are, you know, believing in hate speech and believing in uh, hating black people or hating colored people, hating Spanish people, hating uh, Muslim people, hating um, gay people, just hating people in its entirety. And I mean, like, I can honestly say that, you know, although I might not agree with the views of other people, I don't hate them due to the fact that they view the world in their own way, nor do I hate them because they were born a certain way or have certain beliefs. I just agree to disagree with them. But what I cannot agree to disagree with is people that actually share the same views as this, um, as the people that were extremist and wanted to purge the world of all, the purge the United States of all the people that have been hardworking and here for decades, um, closing off the borders to people that didn't even deserve the borders to be closed off on them, and just all types of things that just, it didn't make sense to me. It, it really hurt to see that I lived in this nation that I couldn't have been more disgusted by just because of the president of the United States, being that he was a joke honestly, when he got into office and knowing that this, most of the decisions that were made, most of the, most of the, uh, things that he did in these four years weren't things that he came up with. There were things that other people did come up with, but 
that aside, this is a new day and we should be very happy that democracy won. Philip DeFranco said that uh, this wasn't a battle between Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. This was a battle between democracy and Donald Trump. And it's true. Like, it's it's scary to believe that even now uh, that the results are coming in, uh, Donald Trump still believes that uh, he was cheated and that he wants a recount. But what's strange is that the popular vote even shows that Joe Biden won along with the Electoral College, whereas when Hillary uh, went for the same uh, situation, the same fight between Donald Trump and him, she had the popular vote and he won the Electoral College. But she actually, now it may be because one, she would have been the first female president, um, and two, she just had to play it safe because uh, no one was on her side. She conceded. I hope I'm saying that right. Like, concede it. I'm not saying conceded like, you know, you, you, you think that you're big and bad and stuff. I'm saying like, she said, you know what? That's it. I'm not going to try anymore. I lost this race. We see who America wants and we'll let them have it. And it was a nice little slap on the wrist. I'm not going to lie. These past four years have been horrible. As far as uh, having pride in my country, I, whew, like, I don't know how to explain how much I disapproved of my world leader, and that says a lot. Like, fuck. And George W. Bush was a gook. A, a gook. He was weird. He was funny. He was goofy. He was odd. But he was still a president of the United States. <laughs> Bill Clinton was in office and boy, it was scandal surrounding him. But he was still a president. <laughs> Barack Obama, you know, that's my guy. You feel me? He was still a president. And even the people that they went against, Al Gore, Mitt Romney, um, Dick, Ch- it was Dick Cheney, uh, Mitt Romney, um, Al Gore, John McCain, uh, even these people that they went against when they were running for president, they were presidential. They were they were American. They felt American, but nothing about the past four years, as far as my leader, has felt American. Having. Going into government buildings and seeing that picture of Donald J. Trump just... It just felt weird. It just felt odd. It just felt off. I wasn't in on it. I wasn't... Like, I felt like I would have committed treason just by looking at that photo. Not saying I was going to do a hate crime or nothing. But if the... um, The Star Spangled Banner came up or somebody started saying the Pledge of Allegiance, I would have just walked out the room. That's it. For me, uh, that president didn't deserve my respect. He didn't deserve my respect when he <laughs> publicly called the country which my parents came from, uh, I think it was third world trash country or something like that. It was, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm completely paraphrasing this, but he really did trash Haiti. <laughs> I just, I, I never agreed with it. 
But that's beside the point. I'm honestly here just randomly because a hurricane is coming. I was supposed to make an episode a couple of days ago. I'm still trying to register my uh, podcast. I haven't actually had uh, any luck. So right now I'm just speaking to myself. (sighs) And I'm actually very excited. I don't know. Like, of course, I'm talking to myself now. So episode one, episode two aren't going out to the masses because of this bullshit thing that I'm dealing with. But I'm excited because I'm reaching the end of the year. And 2020 has been a lot. So I'm reaching the end of the year. Um, in December 20... December 20th, 2020. I mean, December 20th, 2019. I was at a party and I got incredibly drunk. Now, I'm just explaining something that I... Well, that led to my New Year's resolution in 2020. So let me just keep on going. Uh, It was a friend's birthday party, and I went there, and I got really drunk and stuff. And I was good up until I got home. When I got home, shit just hit the fan. I passed out. I threw up. It was crazy. But before that party even happened, I said that my New Year's resolution was going to be to quit all my vices. I spent the past six or so years actually um, dealing with my vices in very toxic ways. I was drinking, I was smoking hookah and weed and all types of other shit. And I was just like, you know what, let me quit. There was a couple of reasons why I wanted to see if I could. The first one was because uh, my vices are actually uh, things that cause uh, sperm count to go down. One of those things is um, caffeine. Uh, Caffeine causes the sperm count to go down. And so I quit caffeine. Another one is smoking. So I quit smoking hookah. And the biggest one is liquor. So I quit drinking liquor. Uh, Another one was addiction. Now, I, I, I drink for everything. But the problem is I don't drink as a crutch to let go of any type of feelings that I have or to say, I don't drink it for an escape. I don't drink it for any negative reasons. I drink it for the exact opposite of what it's for. Drink a a liquor beverage is a depressant, but for some reason, it's more like an uplifter for me. It gives me a sense of euphoria. I become a more positive person when I have a sip of alcohol and I've seen it, my friends seen it, everyone has seen it. I actually do get more uplifted. I become more joyful i become more focused which is another weird thing about it but yes if i have one or two shots of any type of liquor i will become more efficient if that's the best word i could put for it so i was like since i was um drinking so much maybe i am an alcoholic i should test it so i was like fuck it let me just take a year off so my New Year's resolution was to take a year off of liquor. That's all. It wasn't, I wasn't quitting liquor cold turkey. Although the, the stop was just abrupt. <laughs> uh, once December 20th hit and that day, like after that day, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just not going to drink anymore after today. And that was the, that was the point. So from December 20th, 20, um, 2019, to December 21st, 2021, 
well, I should say December 20th, 2021. I mean, December 20th, 2020, there's so much 20s. So from 12, 20, 2019 to 12, 20, 2020, I have not drank any liquor. It's now November 7th, so I still have a month and a half to go. And I can tell you straight up that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm almost at the finish line and I'm very proud of myself. I haven't been as proud of anything as I am of this. So that's one of the good things. Um, in 2018, my wife convinced me to get back to music because in 2016, 2015, 20, uh, 2016, 2017, uh, they were stressful as years. 2017 was really stressful. 2018 should have been the resurgence, but it was also kind of stressful. 2019 was when the year started to go good again. 2019, I actually started my music career again. I started just writing songs and I bought a studio mic and I was I started making music again in my apartment and shit was going well. Now, mind you, this music was low quality shit, but I, I, I was having fun. I was showcasing my talent, my ability to come up with melodies and lyrics and these songs were so great. They were so well structured and so well made. I was actually very proud of myself because every single time that I made a song, I felt it in my heart that it was my best work. Um, on top of the fact that I switched up my identity. I'm not Mike GTV anymore. I'm Super Mike G3. I'm not necessarily somebody that is trying to be something that I'm not. I'm actually my most genuine self. And every single song that I came up with was an idea that I came up with. Not an idea that somebody else gave me and I had to rap on it. Not a caricature of a character that I wanted to be. It was me telling stories of my life, my my thoughts, my my perception on things. It was It was me. And for those that have listened to my music from before, that wasn't me. I was talking about stuff I didn't have. I was talking about stuff that I wanted to do in life. I was talking about very childish things. I was talking about a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't even believe in. I have a song called Pussy Ass Nigga. (laughs) And it was just, it was me talking shit. But to be frank, Not to say that I am that same person as I was as a child, but when I was a kid and I made that song, I was a pussy ass nigga. I was, I was weak. I was nothing. I don't, the only thing that I had going for me is that I had Taekwondo classes when I was in middle school and that I had a decent chokehold. But if you, if you face me in an actual fist fight, I'm pretty sure I would have lost. The only other thing I had going for me is that I was pretty strong as a kid. But that's about it. Like, I was I was not that good at fighting. And my track record could tell you, I've, I've only gotten into three fights in my life. And I've only won one. I got into a boxing match with a, a bully of mine named Cedric. Uh, and honestly, after um, that boxing match, he actually respected me for even trying to fight him. And so he became a friend instead of bullying me. Um, I got into a fight with a dude named Stevenson. This was over actually a girl that he was disrespecting. A girl that I liked, who I always will 
It's like, I don't regret my past decisions, but she was really not worth anything for me to even be fighting people over. And, you know, I got into that fight. Um, I honestly feel like I did win that fight, but, you know, we both ended up losing at the end because we fought in JROTC. Instead of taking us to the principal's office, the sergeants decided that they were going to handle us in their own way, so they made us do push-ups all day. And, I mean, JROTC was third period, and they basically took us away from all of our other classes. And we had eight periods. Six periods during that year, eight periods the next year. So <laughs> it was just a lot. You feel me? It was just a lot. Um, and I honestly forgot the first fight that I got into. I know it happened when I was a sophomore. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. I know it happened when I was a sophomore, but I completely forgot the, the context of why I even got into that fight in the first place. Um, so yeah, I only got into three fights in high school. And I mean, like, besides that, nothing else in my lifetime. I can tell you honestly that I wasn't that person. And I'm actually proud that I am this person now. But... And when I met this, uh, I met this dude at the gym. He told me that he was, uh, he had his own studio. I, it was, it was kind of like the destiny because I had just started rapping again. I just started recording music again. I had just started doing this. How am I meeting this guy who has a studio? That's weird. So I let him listen to my music. He dug it. He um, asked that I could go to the studio and talk to him. Now, this is a random stranger, scary, whenever somebody invites you over because you don't know if you could trust them or not. I don't have proper protection. I'm not sure I'm going to be okay. I'm not sure I'm going to be safe. But I'm making a decision to, you know, actually talk to this guy because maybe this could lead to something awesome. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me go talk to him. So I do. I actually go and I talk to him. And to my surprise, he actually had a full-on nice-looking studio. I walked into that bitch. It was it was in the back of a freaking office building, which was actually pretty suspect in its own right. But after you go inside and you get introduced to this office building, it looks very nice, very clean, very calm, very collected. Then you go into the studio and it looks like a fucking studio. And I'm like, yo, this is nice. There's, there's, there's no words. Like, this is actually nice. Okay. I like what I see. Go into the studio. I sat down talked to him i chat with him he told me what he what he expected he told me that you know he really wanted to work with me i told him yeah sure and i went into the studio with him a couple of times i paid for a couple of sessions and then he got me into his team and now i'm making music <laughs> so this year alone besides the, the the project that i made last year i basically did that in the in the beginning of this year so i i, I released that in the beginning of this year but then I started releasing all the other projects throughout the year. I have four mixtapes in one year. I feel like I, I made Five Nights at Freddy's. I feel like Scott Cawthon. And I feel proud of every single one of them. I'm listening to them and I'm like, yo, I am a dope ass fucking rapper. Do I get a lot of people to listen to me? Not really. But it's the fact that my projects are out there. If I die, God forbid... I have stuff that's out there that people could listen to, that people could archive, that people could see. 
how talented I was. And maybe, maybe there's gonna be somebody out there that's gonna steal my lyrics and they're gonna say that it's their own. But at least it's archived in history books that I did it first, that I made those lyrics, that I came up with those lyrics, that I, most of those beats aren't mine, but the, 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 the vision that I had when I rapped on those beats, they're mine. I also had some full releases. Um, I got Summertime was my first full release on Spotify, and then Haitian Party. You know, I have all these other songs that are coming out all, all types of other platforms. Um, and I wanna do more mixtapes um, because mixtapes are at least a little bit easier. I can do a whole bunch of songs, put them together, and then just release some uh, albums more harder because on top of the fact that I have to, we have to create the beats ourselves. After creating the beat, then we have to come up with a concept. Whereas the beats, when I, when I looked for them on the internet, it gives me an inspiration already. Like when I created, when I created Mike in America, that was probably one of my funniest tracks. My main goal was basically how is America in my perspective, not necessarily America in everybody's perspective. Like when Childish Gambino made This Is America or when I forgot his name, but that other dude made American Pharaoh. How is America through my perspective? And so my kids are Haitian American, golden boy humanitarian, because I'm a nice person, graceful, white nesky, Kerrigan, because I do everything with grace. Writing this track with the parapins, because uh, I, I sometimes write on a notepad, whereas other times I write, you know, I type or I write with a pencil on an, another type of notepad or a notebook or a composition notebook, all types of stuff. Rapping like, this is America. And I was parodying, this is America. I even had little samples of rappers on that song. So it was it was kind of like that. Like, I... I the beats gave me inspiration, but I did take the challenge of getting beats and getting inspiration from my own self. So like songs like Work, Work wasn't supposed to be the way that Work is, but because of the way that Work is, it showed me that I should make a song where I'm repeating one thing throughout the entire song while I'm also saying other things. So. Work is my most recent full release, and it's a beat that was created by my engineer, Kingston Evo. Um, wow, we're in 22 minutes already. This is crazy. And I just talked about one of the aspects of 2020. I haven't even talked about the pandemic. I, I, I touched on this a lot on the last episode because it... This year is all about the pandemic, as a matter of fact. This this year started great and then went to shit. <laughs> it was like, oh snap, January's so cool, man. January is not good anymore. What? Sam, February, what the? F- March, what the? And then we just had to stay home. <laughs> we had to stay home for months. And it's like, what the hell? Uh. You know, we started getting news about COVID-19 in early January. But we didn't give a fuck about it. It was happening outside of our country. Who cares? <laughs> That's the worst part about it. It's like... We heard it through the grapevine that something was fucking up countries outside of our grasp. And we didn't give a fuck about it. 
but February is like it started to get more serious. And in the middle, in the middle of February, shit started to get scary. Cause now it there was a chance, a very big chance that somebody brought it to us. And by the time we reached the beginning of March, uh, people started just getting sick. Be mindful. Uh, last year, around I would say November, the I would say the end of November to the beginning of December, I had a I had a horrible cough, and for some reason I had some type of breathing problem. Now this is before COVID nineteen started in two thousand nineteen, but this is before we even knew what this was. And I'm not saying I had COVID-19. I'm just saying I had something that kind of felt like I had COVID-19. I was coughing up a storm like it was nothing. I was tired all the time. And I didn't know why. Uh, my doctor told me, you know, just take some promethazine. You'll be straight. And actually, I did. So that's why I feel like I really didn't really have COVID-19. I just had a bad cough. Um... But the moment after I did that, what? Let me tell you something, man. When I saw all that shit happening to everybody, everybody getting sick and stuff, I was just like, damn. I have this thing that I always get sick at the same time every year. I always get sick mid-year, like around July or August. And I get sick at the end of the year, around November or December. In order for me and my family to be safe, I have to remain healthy the entire year. If I have a cough, if I have any issue, I won't be able to go to work. That's what I thought in March. So I was like, okay, we gotta make an effort. We gotta fuck everything up. But also, the other thing is that me and my wife are trying to have a baby. And I'll talk about that situation a little later, but uh, in order to do so, I had to do a whole bunch of tests, including going to a um, urologist. And my urology, I had to set a urology appointment. Too bad they weren't taking any new patients. So they put me on the side. They was like, yep, we don't need you anymore. They put you aside. You know what? Come back when everything calms down. And that put all of our plans to the back burner. Fine, I got a decent savings account. I'm ready. Let's go. You know, let's just let's just go. Let's just go for because it's it's about time that you know we change the we change our lives. So I did that. You know, I was like I, I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep on going to work and we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll get back to it when everything calms down. Quarantine happens. They shut out all the freaking. They shut the entire United States down. But essential businesses have to stay open. I am a pharmacy technician. So even though the gym is closed, I'm still a pharmacy technician. I have to go to work at the pharmacy every day. Do they give me enough hours to sustain my life? No. The gym is still the most beneficial job I have right now, which sucks. Why? Let me tell you. Because on top of the fact that they cut... That the gym's closed, the mall is also closed. So my wife doesn't have a job either, which means that 
pharmacy is the only thing that's paying me right now. As I stated prior, I have a hefty, I had a hefty savings account. Not that big, not that heavy, but something that was building up to be something amazing. I was planning on buying a, I was planning on buying a car so I could have my own form of transportation. Keep on saving up and get myself a bigger apartment. Maybe by chance, by chance, after getting myself a bigger apartment, I was going to also work on, um, you know, our goal of having a kid. A better job and everything like that. But the moment that they cut us off, it was like we had to struggle. To strive, we had to strive and struggle the entire time. That was so rough, and I'll explain why. The strive was so hard because (laughs) we weren't making that much money, and everything was just hitting us. Bills were hitting us one after the other after the other, and it was like, yo, I gotta make sure that we have a roof over our heads. So we had to make sacrifices. Um, luckily enough, some companies actually helped their customers. For instance, my our, um, we have uh, credit cards with Credit One. Amazingly, Credit One allowed a six-month incentive program where they paid your bill for six months. I counted it incorrectly. I thought it was a three-month program. So amongst the time that they were paying my bill, I ended up paying one bill. And then they paid a bill. And so it made my ending balance become a negative balance, which was very hilarious. I can't believe that. I did that, but I did it in whatever. Um, I got a stimulus check. I'm the only person that did. My wife didn't. It's because there's some issues with her uh, tax. Where are taxes? She also didn't get her tax refund. I did. And so it's it's very jarring this entire situation that we've been put in um on top of that unemployment was a mess the fact that my wife didn't have a job she was calling calling and calling for unemployment and she wasn't getting the she wasn't getting anything so while we were dealing with this my savings account was depleting and it was depleting fast uh I had to wear clothes to go to work. So my clothes was, you know, getting dirty and I had to take it to the laundry every now and then. So I had to pay for that. Um, after a while, we stopped trying to take clothes to the laundry and we started hand washing. Uh, I had to pay the rent. Ugh. I live in an apartment and honestly, the renters are kind of cutthroat. So they're not gonna care that we can't pay a bill. And therefore, mm, there's nothing we can do. My fridge, it broke twice while we were here. Our fridge broke. They gave us a replacement fridge and that fridge, they gave us a replacement fridge. They said they fixed it. It broke again. And then it broke a third time. So for three cycles in the same week, we didn't, uh, our, our food spoiled. And so we had to, we had to go buy just a, a whole new batch of food all in one the last time that i that the food spoiled we ended up going to dollar tree because honestly i couldn't afford a big grocery 
uh, a big grocery run that like early in the work week. And on top of that, because I wasn't getting paid that much, like I was just running out of money rapidly. <sighs> when we got to June, uh, there was a saving grace. Her name is Gigi. When we got to June, the rent was due and I was afraid I wasn't gonna have enough to pay it. I was on my last leg. All my bills have eaten up all my savings account and I'm about to return to work, but I can't pay rent. Gigi sees that. She's like, how much do you need? I said, don't do it. She was just like, look, I got you. You can pay me back whenever you want. That's not the point. The point is you're a cool person and you don't deserve to be dealing with this type of shit. So how much do you need? I looked at the bill and I told, I told her how much I had. She gave me the rest. She said, you don't have to pay me back until you can't pay me back. And I said, okay. I took it, I paid the bill. And when I, um, when I initially saw that we weren't going to be able to have enough money to pay the bill, Maria's expression was of defeat. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was gut wrenching to know that she felt so defeated, and I couldn't do anything about it because, well, I didn't have the money. And she, one thing that she said was, "Should we start pick, packing our things?" Because we were afraid. We were really and utterly afraid that we weren't going to be able to sustain a living under this roof anymore. So, after paying that rent, I started working again at the gym. I got my schedule back. My schedule was full, which means I didn't have to depend on the pharmacy anymore. The problem is I still had to because my wife still hadn't got a regular schedule. The gym is seen as something that the world, the, the public needs because people need to stay fit in order to able to beat this sickness it sucks but it's true like we i got fat during the pandemic because we were eating junk food and we weren't moving as much and we were afraid to step out of the house the moment that i got back into the gym i was still big during my first month so june was still a big month but july to now i've done nothing but lose that weight that i gained and i'm very proud of myself but in a mall, stores aren't really booming right now. People are afraid to go into stores. People aren't spending as much money because they're afraid there might be another government shutdown. <sighs> I said government shutdown. I meant a complete United States shutdown. It's scary to think that that's something that could happen, but it did happen. So now it's just a matter of when is it going to happen again? The outbreaks are actually increasing now so it's scary so the next step honestly after that was to build and so I did somebody brought up the fact that because 
I lost my main source of income, I could have still earned in unemployment money. I wasn't aware of that. And so I did my research and I found that, yes, that is a possibility. You just make a claim. So I did. I made a claim. Boom. I got a nice share of unemployment money. About the amount that I would have made. Honestly, if I think about it, it's the amount that I would have made if I continued working at Planet Fitness through the pandemic. Which was a saving grace in itself. Because I basically was able to procure income that wasn't coming in from my wife because she wasn't back at work. So I was able to sustain us a little bit more than usual. You know, little things we found here and there. My wife, I was attempting to get her to find stuff to do as well because, you know, she's basically at home whereas I'm out having a life. (laughs) Even though I'm just working, I'm still out there. She's still stuck in here. So we were able to get through these few months. It was so hard. That's the problem. This year, I, I would say that Every year has had a level of difficulty. 2019 was probably the easiest year for me. But every year has had a level of difficulty that I've been able to overcome. 2016 was the end of me going to school and how hard that was for me. Uh, 2017 was the shift in how my life was prior to Maria coming back into my life compared to how my life was after Maria came back into my life. 2018 was the um, coming into terms with stupid decisions that I've made in my life and recovering from those decisions. 2019 was a resurgence of myself as a person wholeheartedly. It was the one thing, the one year where I felt completely happy with the outcome of everything that happened in the year. I haven't lost a friend. I haven't spoken to the masses about this, but I remember this like it was yesterday. Um, I got a visit from a good friend of mine. And we were like, something that's accustomed to my family, well, me and my wife right now, uh, is that we had these gatherings of people. We drink and we um, play games. And call it game night and it's something that I've become well known for something that has made my family uh, me and my wife a bit of um, celebrity in our group in our friend group because of the fact that people want to join us in these fun nights of gaming and joy and so it doesn't come to a surprise that you know I have a slew of friends coming in and out when it comes to game nights so one of those friends is a close friend of mine, and she, she came down for a game night. Now, she told me, she called me up front weeks prior and told me she was coming down. Uh, can we have a game night? And I was like, I'm going to have to set it up because game nights isn't just, uh, you know, put a freaking game on the table and that's it. It's find out who's free so that you can have a good amount of people come to the game night and then invite them to the game night. The the one person that actually was coming down for the game night was the first invite. And so I had to find out if other people wanted to come. 
so other people came. We had a full house for the game. That was great. But another friend of mine had come down and I didn't know that the person was here at all. I had no clue that this person was in Miami. I don't really keep up with social media as much as people think I do. I, I go on it in the beginning of the day and that's it. <laughs> After that, it's just me at work, at the pharmacy and at the gym. And then me taking in whatever media I want to take in, whether it's me playing video games, me watching movies, me watching TV shows. But I only scroll through the internet during the beginning of the day. I just got myself a laptop PC, so I, I also added PC gaming to the bunch. And I'm also trying to learn how to do Unreal Engine. So there's, there's no room for like just, just browsing social media casually. Wow, this is 40 minutes long. But I... I, I did the game night. And it was a success. We had such a fucking good time. It was amazing. And then I got this comment on one of, on the game night picture, and it was so disrespectful. It was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen somebody say to me. And I mean, it was like, why would you say that on a picture that's tagged with so many people on it? It's like the worst thing to do and it's public because it's social media. I mean, I get it. You can have your own freedom of speech, but disrespect goes a long way. And I just didn't feel it anymore. The history of this friendship is that I have been ridiculed, disrespected, treated like dirt, treated like nothing to the, from this person for years. But I decided to brush it off. It's a, it's a personality trait. It's nothing serious. He really cares about you. You don't have to think that way about it. But then you think about it, it's like, but it's a toxic relationship. A, rela- a toxic relationship doesn't have to be a boyfriend and a girlfriend or a husband and a wife type thing. It can be just two buddies that just have a very toxic relationship. And there are healthy versions of toxic relationships. I have a couple where I just we just pick on each other. <laughs> but that's that's just the way that our friendship is. In the back end, we care about each other. There's nothing toxic about it. It's just the fact that we pick on each other. We rank on each other. If you're from Miami, you know what I'm talking about, where you actually just diss each other for fun, just to see what level of freaking funny you can reach when it comes to insulting each other, but that doesn't dictate disrespect in my book. Disrespect is, you know, actually going for the throat when it comes to being disrespectful with somebody. Really showcasing you don't give a fuck what people see you say about a person. That's disrespect. And I felt that wholeheartedly through that comment. And I was like, oh, really? Okay, I took a breath, I carried myself very well, and it was my first time in a long time doing what I did. I took the time and I went on my notes and I wrote a goodbye. This goodbye would be the last time I would speak to this person. So I had to make it worth its, I had to make it worthwhile. So I basically texted 
this goodbye to him. And it was very long. Uh, if it was a Microsoft Word document, it would be three pages. It was long because I had to tell him how I felt. And after I told him how I felt, I blocked him on everything. So he couldn't see what I was doing. He couldn't see anything. Now, recently I just learned that two of my accounts he still has access to. He still can see what's going on. One of them is my cat's account. The other one is my music account. I didn't bother to block him on my music account because I made my music account for musicians to see what I am capable of. And I, I made it this year. So it's not something that I wanted to do. Up this block him. I made that this year, so fuck it. And the second one was the cat account, which I forgot to do. <laughs> but it's, a, it's my cat. My, my wife usually con controls that account. I do it from time to time when my cat does something cute. But I blocked them on everything. I blocked them on Xbox Live. I blocked them on PS4. I blocked them on, on all my social media. I blocked them on anything that he could reach me on my phone. Uh, and I basically erased him. Now, I didn't do a hard reset. What that means is I didn't tell my family and friends what happened. I assume that they all know. I assume that one day every single person will know. But I did not tell. I didn't put my business out there for the world to know. And it's because it's something that happened between me and him. Even though he wanted to broadcast his disrespect on a public platform, I decided to block him in private. I don't talk about it that much. I only made two, two references to it in songs, okay? But I haven't talked about it that much. The reason is because, in all honesty, and I'm gonna be 100% transparent when I say I do miss the guy. And he was a big part of my life, so there is no reason that I could have missed him. I got a message saying that the maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes, so I have to keep an eye on the clock, and it's 46 minutes right now. I digress, let's get back to the story. So I blocked it. That's it. No more friendship. That was the one thing that I can say after I did it, my life moved in a positive direction because I didn't have to look over my shoulder to see if this guy was looking at my, um, at my, sh at my, my events and ridiculing me for not including him. I didn't know he was in Miami, so I, he had no right to even conclude that I just didn't want him there because my friend was there. I didn't even know he was here. He doesn't live here. He lives in Texas. He lives <laughs> all the way on the other side, whereas this one person lived on a, a place that was close by, you know, this other person lived really far in a different time zone. So it's like, I don't even know if you understand that I don't know if you're here, but he believed that, you know, I knew he was here already. So he wanted to overreact and that led to him getting deleted. I've never erased somebody that deeply in my life. I have ex-girlfriends that I still have contact with. I've never erased somebody that deeply. And I've never erased somebody and felt so calm about it. I always have like a sense of regret when I have um, an issue with a person. There's a dude named Alan disrespecting me to one of my other friends. 
and I felt like, you know, he just handled the situation incorrectly, but then again, I was a really whiny piece of shit when I was, when I was in college, I was crying over getting my heart broken a lot, so I get, you know, I get why he, you know, said those cold things to me, but he could have said them to me and not to my friend, so that my friend could say them to me, he could have said it to me, so... I squashed that beef. Another beef that I squashed was a beef between me and one of my exes where I, we, we worked together and we just didn't talk to each other and it made people feel weird. I was like, fuck it, we can't do that. We're, we're adults, we need to be able to move past this. And we did, and then she quit. <laughs> it was like my closure with her was all she needed to move on to the better job, which she did. She moved on to a really great job. She did great things, so that's good. I feel like this podcast is going all over the place, but you know, this is a super normie podcast. So, uh, you talk about my life right now, and this is my life. And so, I feel like 2019 was a great year, but I was, I was, I was really, really expecting 2020 to be that year that I could do no wrong. You feel me? Like. I chose the wrong year to quit liquor <laughs> because I swear to God, I would have been drunk as fuck all throughout the, the pandemic quarantine. And I'm very certain that that would have made my, my uh, attempt into making progress in having kids uh, a little harder. So, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the election? And the fact that we had to wait a whole five days in order to get the results. How do you feel about 2020 and the pandemic? How do you feel about President Trump versus uh, President Biden? Because... President Biden is actually the president of the United States starting in January. How you feel about life, living? How you feel about friendship? There's a lot of questions I want to ask and I don't have enough time to ask it, but I just want to know how do you feel? Super Mike G3, this is me signing off. I'll give you a homework assignment. And I'll give myself a homework assignment. My homework assignment is to get this publishing shit to work. But your homework assignment is to figure out how you feel about this year compared to how you are going to feel about next year. I'll see you guys later.